welcome to this week's uh, Mastermind, Clear Tai Chi Mastermind meeting. And I'm Richard Clear, your host. And uh, here in Maryville, Tennessee, outside of Knoxville, coming from Coronavirus Central. The, uh, and with us today is, uh, you'll notice that sometimes, a lot of times lately here, Matt's been with me. Today he is down at the school, and he is the regional organizer for Maryville, Tennessee, outside of Knoxville. Hi, everybody. And then I'm just going to go, what's that? And then I'm just going to go by the list across. So Phil Chan in Columbus, Georgia. Art Don in, uh, outside of Washington, D.C. He can tell you where. Hi, everyone. Greenbelt, Maryland, east of Washington. Chris Walsh up in Maine. And there you see, Phil. I'm in... Um... Hollowell, Maine, just outside of Augusta. Hello, everyone. Hello, Harry Legg in Verona, New Jersey, outside of New York City. Greetings. Hello, hello. Jim Kelly in Boca Raton, Florida. Uh, 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 hello. <laughs> no feedback. Daniel Stringer in Florida. I know it's outside of Paisley and all that, but I'm going to let you tell them all the places where. Uh, we're in Paisley outside of Deland near Orlando and hello. Sheila Bell in Costa Rica. I'm gonna let her tell you where. Hi everyone. I am in Guanacaste, close to Liberia. It's in the Northern Pacific region of Costa Rica. And Ty Talbert in outside of LA in Colbert. And I'll let him tell you whatever else about the place. I was on mute. You'll have to come off mute to say that. That is in Colton, California. Colton. Yes, right outside of Los Angeles. Hello, everyone. Welcome. All right. Uh, so today we're doing, uh, we'll be doing part four of the, um, basically the uh, Clear Tai Chi level one program and how it pertains to all of the advanced material and why that curriculum is what it is. And before we go further with that, a word from our sponsor. Matt, you're gonna do all the sponsor announcement today. And you know, it's the online program or the $495 Clear Tai Chi Level 1 package and tell them however you're gonna say all that. Um, well, yeah, so, so go to clearmartialarts.com. Um, uh, everything that we are talking about is available there. There's great material there. Um, the Practical Guide to Internal Power, if you've not signed up for that, uh, is available there. That is free. Um, and all of the level one material that we're talking about is available um, through that program. And, and then all of our intermediate material past the level one is also immediate, uh, is also available uh, immediately through that program, it's all it's all there for you at clearmartialarts.com. Thank you. All right, so the next one that we're starting with here is what's called the underwater method. And the underwater method for most Tai Chi styles, and when it's actually taught, is an advanced thing, but, it, but, it, I, but for me, there's so many things that come from that that are, that are, once you have that going on, that come because of it, and so many things that you get into that really use underwater that for me, it, and it's not that hard to get it going on at a basic level, right? It's, it's fair. It's, I'm not saying it's super easy, but it's not complicated, super complicated or difficult that it, it, um, that it was an essential skill that 
because you've got that, it's going to enable you to learn a lot of more advanced material um, properly and all of that versus a lot of times people will turn, learn the other stuff first and then they're going through their Tai Chi curriculum and eventually 10 years out, they hit underwater method and then they're like, oh man, you know, if I'd only had this like years ago, it would have made a big difference to everything I'm doing. And so for us, it is one of these things that's in the beginning of the program. Um, and it's not the first thing you learn, obviously. You've got, you've got to learn the Tai Chi moves first. And then we're, when you're learning the essential skills there that are part of this program, uh, then the underwater method. And I remember uh, when Harry and Ty first learned that from me and then uh, like that. So they'll be able to speak to this, I think. And so some, I'm sure some of the other ones will be too. But underwater method helps you to feel, develop, and flow your energy while you're standing there. When you begin moving, it really helps you get that proper Tai Chi feel. And, and when you're doing any of your Tai Chi moves and that kind of thing. Um, it, is a it is a body and mind quality training um, that is a super important to high, skill, high level skill development. And it is the first of many high-level body and mind skills. In other words, there's a lot that builds on top of that, like I said. And you'll continue to work at it longer term, including it's one that I still put time into now. Um, and you keep doing it to make it better and better. Um, and then that'll also enhance all the other things that, that it kind of jumps off to once you, once you, uh, or gets into with that, once you have it. Anyway, so I wanted to give you guys, I know some of you remember probably learning that originally. Um, and like I said, I just, it just so happens that I remember when Harry and Ty learned that the first time. Um, but I'll let, you know, any of you that want to speak to that, speak to that. Well, Ty, you should go first. Oh, sorry. It's a joke from previous calls because Ty always gets mad, but not jokingly mad when I go first. <laughs> and take all the good answers. But anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, Art. Just having fun. And I wasn't joking. Uh, oh, well, there you go. <laughs> well, then have at it. <laughs> are you there ty oh okay yeah well i will go first um it, when i was learning it to begin with i didn't realize that it would be helpful in the future and in two ways one is that i find that um students if i ask them if they are dancers and they tell me that they can't dance at all, that this is something that will definitely loosen them up and um, find all of those places where they carry tension in their body. And a lot of people carry tension in different places, and it, they're you'll see it more clearly when you have them try to do this method. And then from a future point of view, um, I've been working on WAVE, and having that in my background has helped me go ahead and conquer wave. I'm with you. Yeah. I, I do have to ask, um, just to be clear, because, uh, there is another method in here that we, um, that we talk about, uh, at normally referring to it as the waving loss method. Is that, is that what you're thinking about right now, Ty, or is it, or are, are you really talking about like the underwater method, underwater method? Oh, no, I, I'm talking about that um, one leads to the other, that the underwater method after learning it initially um, helped me with my being able to do wave later on. I think that if 
yeah. you can't do underwater method that you're going to have a very hard time in the future trying to learn wave. Yeah, gotcha. Cool. Okay. You're saying just because if they're because what I'm what I'm kind of hearing you say is that if somebody can't get if they're trying to do underwater and they look like they're doing the robot, then it's like they've got then that you're saying that kind of screams out and they've got work to do. That's that's kind of what yes, I'm, it has. Right. Not only does it screen out that they've got work, but exactly where in their body they need to work. Yeah. Um, myself, I thought that I was, you know, fairly fluid and found out that I had this spot in like the middle of my back that I could not do the underwater method at first. Everything else flowed very nicely, but I seemed to have a lot of tension in the middle of my back that I wasn't aware of. Yeah, so then are you saying that with the underwater method that you just felt like that area was stiff or that that area didn't have, like you felt underwater everywhere else, um, but that your back felt like it wasn't partaking in that particular expression of, of that, that, partake, that particular energetic expression? Exactly. Um, my, the middle of my back wasn't taking on that energetic expression. Because I was carrying tension there. Yeah, yeah. So that I was unaware of before I tried to do the underwater method. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Harry? Harry, you're on mute still. You're on mute. One of the things that um, I did not expect the first time I actually got in the pool and did this was how the underwater method um, affected root. Because when you're in a pool and you make a movement, it, it can be very hard to stay down. You who float up, your feet come up off the floor of the pool. And so I had to completely reevaluate how I was keeping myself rooted, grounded as I went through in the pool. So now out of the water, that greatly affects my ability to, in a good way to root as I go through the form. And I didn't expect that. So yeah, was, a skill you're saying, not even one that was taught so much. It just it was a, a skill you picked up because the underwater informed you in a way that helped you to do that. Yes, yeah, exactly. yeah cool. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you need you know some more feedback with the um, you know I found that when teaching you people that have been doing the form for a while that with the underwater method, when you introduce that, it just, everyone is familiar with that feeling of something touching you, the pressure of water or the pressure, uh, you know, when you're in the pool. And uh, as you're doing the Tai Chi, you know, with just the air around you and not having that visualization, it, it seemed hard to explain to people uh, the surrounding energy and how the body interacts with the space around. And I know once I started teaching the underwater method, people seem to become more conscious of ting or, or of uh, on or pung. And you're able to add the sensation of having water around you to that motion. It just, uh, it, it does so much for the development in their form work and the flow and the, in the way their, you know, their form looks after, 
you know, just introducing that concept. So I, I found it, uh, you know, really, really impressive. And then I think at one point we discussed how increased pressure as you go deeper in water, you can feel different compressions or different expansions. So it's, uh, I, I think that it's a great teaching tool, you know, with, uh, with people and improving their, their form, so. Well, I'm giving them like uh, kind of what you're saying there too, also improving their ability to feel energy everywhere on their body, not just in parts or where they're very focused on, let's say their hands. It helps you to become whole body focused. Yes, yeah, and balancing that that energy within the body, the, the root, the upper energy, you know, pulling it all through the, uh, the system. Cool. I I will absolutely echo that. I found that in my students, but I will say that it, I don't think it comes automatically. Um, it's something that a good teacher will notice and point out. And obviously Jim is, but, um, but that's uh, that what, what tends to happen for beginners is it comes really easily kind of from the waist up and all up top and they get the, the feeling going on up there and they, and they miss it from like somewhere like, like about third Dantian down. It's just like absent. And when you first point that out and they realize it, there's a bit of a struggle to kind of connect up those two things. But then when they make it happen, it normally is the underwater method that really does that for them. Um, in my classes, I, I find the, the pretty much the same thing. Harry, when you were in the pool doing that, did you, did you um, see a difference between, like you probably did something close to what he's talking about, where you had more of an upper body thing going on and then you made sure you had it really going on with your whole body. Did it make a difference in your buoyant? Do you remember, or did you check? Did, did you do something to tell you that it made a difference in the buoyancy up and down from the bottom of the pool when to make sure that it was really on all the way around you like that? Do you understand that? Um, I think I get what you're, you're trying to say. What, what I did also was to play with the depth levels that I was in as, as I went through. Um, an experiment with that. Um, and obviously, the more up to here it was, yeah, the, the harder it was to stay down. Yeah, the more obviously. Yeah. yeah. So, and then the more shallow, a whole lot easier. Um, the more shallow the water, you mean? Yes, yes. Okay. Yeah. You mean shallow, like even if it was at 10 feet or something, or do you mean like part of your body was above water? Oh, part of the body above water. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, Chris? Thank you, Sifus. When I, when I first started, um, you know, it was a very visualization sort of tool for me in the very beginning. I wasn't really feeling a lot of chi when I was beginning this process. And, you know, for in the beginning, I thought, oh, this is not really that big a deal. I can visualize, I'm going through it. And then later, as I would go forward with the training, I started developing chi and I started then developing some ting and then I would go back and, and go back through the, the training and I get to water method again. It just changed everything that I felt. All of a sudden, I was no longer visualizing this. I was actually feeling this, you know, how, how, you, how you move. And, and it did open up, uh, you know, I, the, the sensation of my connectivity, my whole body connectivity. So I, I could tell better when I felt as though I was 
moving and flowing correctly with energy rather than just simply visualizing it and thinking, okay, it's a visualization. So it helped me tremendously to go through the process, but I did spend a lot of time and, and I had to you know, be very patient with, uh, with the visualization. I think the beginning um, uh, was something that by putting that time in and, and understanding that this is going somewhere helped me a lot. So when it did come back around, um, it, was, it was almost like, wow, <laughs> the feeling there. Yeah, no, that's cool. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's helpful. Um, yeah, if you had somebody that they wanted to feel chi with their whole body underwater, you know, after you've done your basics of there in terms of the wu chi and the the energy ball and the electric on and all that, then to take it to another use underwater, and yeah, that's going to kick it up to another level of whole body ting. The feeling, actually being able to feel the energy and feeling where and how and like what Ty was talking about too. And then if there's a spot that's off somehow or dense and and to some degree, especially at a higher level, why it's off, um, underwater is going to be really helpful in those ways. So that's, that's yeah, that's very cool. Thanks, guys. Daniel? Well, we, oh, uh, sorry. So good. Uh, yeah, we, I mean, I agree with everything everybody's saying. It's a, it's a great method uh, for beginners and to continually play with, but then to take it a step further, one of the things we've used, um, obviously we do a lot of internal push hands uh, at our school. And- Even during COVID because they really haven't had any in their area and they're all- Yeah, well, we're out, we're out in the middle of nowhere and it's small classes and outside and things. Um, but doing it where, so just as these guys are saying that you can use the underwater method to, to feel the energy around you and to also um, light up areas that have tension or all these different things. But we also then do it where in partner work, you're trying to get like if someone else is doing the water method, trying to feel their breaks in them, if there's a spot that's like a dead spot or something that they can't perceive. And it really helps because then it helps the, the student then start feeling the mental blocks, like the parts of their, that their, their E is not touching in their body or their tensions and things. So then they can use it for a push hands or martial context. So it's like the first step obviously is what everyone's saying is, you know, fix me and, and, and work on this, but then being able to sense and perceive where those problems are in other people at touch has, has been a really beneficial thing for push hands. Cool, yeah, yes. And then if you haven't used it this way, that's gonna help you to feel not just where the stuff is at and where the errors are and kind of how the errors, at least at a certain level. Um, it's also gonna help you to be able to get in there with your energy and start moving that, manipulating that energy and using yours in that way, still making sure that yours is on everywhere to get in there then to affect theirs, which then will go directly to either healing or martial applications as you keep going. Heal, healing first, but eventually you'll have it going on good enough where it'll turn into martial application too. It produces, uh, and a couple of our guys, it gave them um, a pretty good stick because they, they kind of then filled in those areas that were I don't want to say dead spaces, but you understand what I'm saying. Those empty spaces with their own energy and their E, and then they, they really kind of could get the person stick to it. So that was kind of cool. Yes. Uh, cool. Anybody else? Um, I found that uh, the underwater method, or I, I first heard of it as swimming in air, but, but the same, the same feature, um, 
was I thought it was something that one developed with a lot of practice and doing all the principles correctly, but then see full clear, as is often the case, enlightened me that you could imagine doing um, Tai Chi underwater and sort of, at first you could just visualize the sensation and it became more than, more than visualizing, but actually getting the sensation of um, being underwater and having the like heavy, denser atmosphere around that you're moving through. And I found that that helped a lot so that I could um, check relaxation and connectedness. So everything had the same overall underwater quality and the denseness and sort of just sort of an understated power with that that could potentially be released. It just gave, again, a lot more substance to um, playing the Tai Chi. And, and I've, then I, I would try um, getting the swarming in air um, underwater method from, from the inside out as I guess is, is often calm and just imagining you're working against that. And then I would try also using E to put the E throughout the room and imagine it, the, the heavier, denser atmosphere and working against it that way. And, and that would sort of work back to my um, moving the body that way where it would be sort of uh, interactive in the sense that I'm moving through the atmosphere, the, the heavier underwater type atmosphere. And also as I'm doing that, I, I relax more and more to get the heavier sensation from, from my body also. So it, it would help me relax and with connectedness and, and even um, the, the whole body breathing and, and also, um, again, give me a sort of um, potential power to use through, um, through that motion and, and practice. Yeah, and everything you're talking about there is stuff that we do with it at the intermediate level, and then there's a bunch of other things you're going to do with it at the advanced level. Um, and that, that's right. And what I found for talking to other teachers, I've not found anybody else where it's lower in their curriculum, but every master that I've talked to, you know, somewhere higher up or in the indoor, the, the real students that they're teaching, not most of the population, um, they're teaching it, but they teach it. They, the ones that I've talked to about it where they realized I really knew it. And so they weren't hiding anything because I already had it. Um, it's, it's really obvious that they're hiding that, that most of the time their public students aren't going to get that at all, ever. Um, and that they really have a lot of, um, you know, that they're, they, they uh, for lack of a better way to put this, they consider it to be kind of a high level secret. But it's kind of like doing whole body breathing where you can really show somebody how to do this pretty simply, pretty easily. And they're really missing a lot that comes once you've got that skill if they don't have it. So just by holding that skill out, they've already got like this massive jump on over anybody else that they're teaching Tai Chi to, if we're talking about any kind of push hands or anything else, um, that it makes a big difference to. And so every student they've got that's an indoor student, they get that part of the training and now they're working with other students that don't get that, that are doing the public, you know, that everybody gets that training. 
and it just makes a night and day difference because somebody's working underwater versus the other person who's not. Um, and so, um, yeah. And so uh, it's not that other people could not have this in the beginning of the curriculum. It is not that difficult to pick it up at a basic level. It's that, um, it's that the things that come after it start to get like what you're talking about. And then a lot more, it goes a lot more places and it's a lot more profound in terms of just how much and, and what you can do with it. And so, yeah, all that. Sheila? So the, the topic has been very well covered so far, so I'm not really going to add more in that respect, but I do want to thank you on a personal level um, because I always tell people that I learned how to swim before I learned how to walk. I've always been a water baby. Love everything about the water. Practice synchronized swimming, competitive swimming, just for pleasure, going to the beach. I ended up being a marine biologist. You get the idea. I love the water. Yeah. And that was always my place to go to feel good. You know, and, and learning Tai Chi has allowed me to feel as good on land. But this method in particular was just uh -huh. the perfect bridge for me to to love it, just cool. feeling great. Thank you very much. I'm honored. <laughs> All right. Um, so the next skill there is internal weight shifting and movement skills. And um, I've seen this from, from pretty much every style of Tai Chi. I would say that the most that I've seen it taught publicly the most often has been from Chen style. And basically, it's, uh, there's the shifting from leg to leg and into and out of the upper body, including the sensitivity to feel it, and where you're really accentuating and really moving your emphasis in the body around. And this is all key to moving energy and your physical mass with that energy um, and feeling internally both the substantial and the insubstantial and being able to differentiate between the two and you have to be not double weighted Not making the double weighted error in order to move that properly somebody trying if they're double weighted physically and uh, Structurally and they're trying to move that like that It's like either they're not doing it at all or it's like horrifying as a teacher at least to watch um, You know that, that it's just not working very well, and it's kind of obvious the uh, anyways, and so then by doing that skill, you start learning how to differentiate between substantial and insubstantial, and how to really avoid the internal aspects. The, the, the double weighted error is not weight on one leg versus weight on both legs. That is not what the double weighted error is. It has to do with internally how, what, and, and, and your ability to move and to separate yin and yang and to switch to change where yin and yang are anyways, and I'm being kind of nebulous about that, but, but it really has to do with um, how you can move internally and physically in terms of in the space you're in. And I like to say you have to be spherically centered. If you're spherically centered, this internal weight shifting and movement is not particularly difficult. If you're not spherically centered, it's, it's almost impossible. And so it helps get some of the double-weighted error out right pretty early on from beginners. They're not even, you're not even necessarily, most of the time, we're not talking about double-weighted error when we're teaching this at level one. When you get into intermediate, we're absolutely talking about the double-weighted error in some depth. 
and how not to make it and why it's important not to make it and all that stuff. But anyways, this internal weight shifting and movement then is going to be something that you're going to do more and more and more. And it's basically getting the whole body action to follow the energetic action in your mind directing that and how you're doing that in a very physical, obvious kind of a way. Um, and like that. So it's the internal weight shifting and movement skills. And now a word from our sponsor. For those of you who are interested in internal power and want a reliable place to start, and for anyone who wants to experience internal power for themselves, go to internalpowerguide.com. I built a crash course in hands-on internal power. The practical guide to internal power is a work at your own pace online program. It is the course I use to get students from zero to 60 as quickly as possible. And it is totally free. So sign up at internalpowerguide.com now and get started right away. That's internalpowerguide.com. If there's anything you want to add to that or talk about with that or something cool you felt with that or seen with that or you're getting out of students with that, uh, I think Jim was off first and then Harry will be next. I, uh, if it's the same concept that you're referring to, uh, one of the exercises that you showed us very early on was the, the gold bar exercise. Yes, it is. It's that kind of movement. That's right. Yeah, and and gold again, bars. what's that? It's qigong. The gold bar is a qigong. Yeah. And yeah. That so that was actually shown to me by Lu Fa, who was one of the senior disciples under Master Ma. He was a master when he showed it to me, by by like had been for 20, 20 plus years or more. But he was one of the senior disciples under Master Ma Yuliang. Um, and, and he was where I got the gold bar exercise. It's a, it's a brilliant, brilliant visualization. And it, it, again, it just helps bring that concept to that next level where, you know, you can, you can move weight, you can transform it within the body, you can extend it outside of the body. It's, uh, you know, those are a great set of exercises. So I recommend that and, and you know, an and active development skill. And it's very physical and overt when you're doing it like that and at level one it should be. And then when you do that further along, you're doing it much more internally. And because you know what that movement is and what it feels like, now you're able to actually generate it inside your body and get it where you can move it really fast and that you can turn it on or off or, or manipulate it um, very, very quickly with your mind, but that it is actually happening internally. And then you can transfer that even to another person. So it goes all these places once you have the basic of it down. But the basic is very healthy for you, real simple uh, to get and a good, you know, basic skill, but then it just goes all kinds of places once you start to get into the more advanced parts of the program. Harry, I think you were next to that, right? Yeah, I just had one comment about one of the places that I love where it goes, and that is uh, in, in what we called priming the pump, where when you can uh, go from side to side internally, in and out and in and out, it juices you up big time. Oh, yeah. You can learn to transfer that, <laughs> and, and I love that. So yeah. it's kind of neat to see that. And what's funny is I got the, the Luigi Files, a Wu stylist, and I got the gold bar exercise from him, and the priming the pump, which is actually using that one application of using that, I got from a serious young stylist that learned directly from young family. <laughs> and then the one that I've seen it demonstrated as the exercise, like what we're teaching in level one, I've seen that more in various kinds of ways from change stylists than I have anybody else. So 
Uh, welcome to Clear Tai Chi. <laughs> Sometimes it comes together when it's supposed to come together. That's right. Anybody else had any comment or Phil? Yeah, I was, I was hoping you could explain the gold bar thing a little more. The gold bar is where you basically are like in a horse stance kind of a positioning and you pretend there's a stack of gold bars on each side of you and you pick up like the top gold bar of the top of the stack and you pick it up and then you're moving and, and inside your body with this and where you can actually feel it and you move it over and then you set it down on the other side and then you reach down on top of that stack and you pick it up and you move it back over to the back to where you got it from originally and it's back and forth and you're really making sure that your whole body is part of this action inside like that. So, and then I, what I'm telling you there, uh, if you tried to do it off of that, it might probably wouldn't be right, but it is instructed in the, um, you know, in the curriculum. And then, um, and then we probably got it, not probably, I know we've got it some other places. I'm not sure which part of our program is gonna have that, but it's in the curriculum. Um, anyways, and then just ask me sometime when we're doing a, a lesson or something and I'll, I'll hook you up on that. If you don't have it, you should have that. Have yeah, I'm pretty sure, Phil, that you have seen that uh, in in one of the workshops that you've been in. It's probably just been a while. Okay. I mean, it, it's really interesting how simple it is, and yet it really – you can really feel the thing shifting. Yeah. Uh, what's, yeah. It's, it's a nice exercise to for, for a bunch of reasons. For the Clear Tai Chi actual program, um, what's really what's – really sweet about that is do, is taking that principle and taking that that internal movement and that and sometimes even more external movement but kind of in specific ways and then applying that to your form and doing it in your form and and what i find for me and what and what typically happens for my beginners is that when they when they start doing it in the form there's a certain kind of a rhythm that it kind of wants to take on and your body really gets that the feeling of that weight transfer it really like programs it in really extra extra and it improves your form because there are specific ways that you're focusing on that weight transfer one more sort of up and over and the other one sort of more under and over and and by doing that by by focusing in that way there's different moves most of the moves can kind of go either way pretty easily but there's some moves that really, really tend to want to be one or the other. And it just forces you to, to wrap your head around the, the real essence of that move that much more and, and how to really get your body into it in different kinds of ways. Um, and, uh, you know, with different emphasis in different places and, and that kind of thing. And, and it really engages the students much more in their form work at that point in the training than like they ever have been before. At least that, that's what I find. And to add on to that with Matt, with what Matt just said, uh, I found it even helpful in explaining the concept of root instead of just taking the gold bar and putting it from one table to the next, visualizing taking the bar and trying to lower it down below your feet and putting it on the basement floor or putting it two levels down and you know getting that flow and that sense of root so now uh, you're teaching folks in Boca Raton so when you tell them to put something in the basement don't they give you like funny looks we all came from New Jersey like Harry is going to wind up here eventually 
<laughs> oh no, Florida crazy for me. <laughs> Great to visit. <laughs> You're right. New Jersey's going to be one of the last uh, Democratic states. You better stay oh, there. Let's not go there. <laughs> if Harry's if doing anything like me, um, we, you know he's going to be back down there because there's like that steakhouse in the casino that's got that bacon. <laughs> there you go. And, and guess what? It's a Yankee steakhouse. So, so there oh, you go. yeah. Of course. <laughs> All right. Love you. <laughs> I wondered why there weren't any Tennessee guys in there. Okay. Yeah. All right. Um, what's interesting to me, too, thinking about this, is that I really thought when I was teaching Carly, my daughter, who's 10 currently, um, and she's done the basic skills program, and I taught her underwater, and she can do it fine and great, and she can turn it on, like, really quick, and she can engage into yours really quick already. Like, like she's got the higher level stuff like that pretty comes to her really easy. Um, and I thought she would really like that one. And she's like, eh, okay with that one. And I really thought she would dislike the internal weight shifting and movement skills because she really doesn't like the form work hardly at all. She likes doing the energetics. She likes doing the push hands, but you try to get her to do the form. It's like typically like pulling teeth. Um, it was the hardest part for her in basic skills was she just didn't want to do the form and I made her do it so many times She's never forgetting it um, Over you know over a year or more anyways uh, But when when I had her doing the form with the internal weight shifting and movement, she really liked it Matt, I know you worked with help me and you were working with her sometimes on this too. Did you pick up on that with her? Yeah, yeah, um, I, I absolutely did because I was with you for some reason um, I, I guess in our more adult classes there, like I said, you know, it forces people to like engage more in the form in a certain kind of way. And so for some people that's a little more tedious. And I think for her, it really was like a, an eye opening moment of like, Oh, that, that like I can do different things with this. It's not just a robot thing. Um, like it's not just this, this one way of moving the whole time um, that, you know, I can, I can move different ways and it's still the form. Um, and I think that was kind of an eye-opening moment for her. But then even afterwards, she really, she really liked doing it. like like she would tend she tended to when she was doing other versions of the form, she tended to really emphasize the weight shift anyway. Um, like she, I think she just really liked the the kind of the ebb and flow of it. Yeah, for the weight shifting, there's a visualization that you learn in our program that then is deep down into the ground, and you're learning your your doing it so that you begin to feel that weight shift and the changes in the body due to the weight shift um, and like that. And, and we call it pendulum swinging, like deep down into the ground pendulum. And she really liked to say, she liked that one too, same kind of a thing. Um, well, and I would say that it was just the energetic, but, but even the electric, she would do it, she was okay with it, but she didn't like it as well as this one. So you're thinking maybe just because she's young like that, that just that physicality that went into doing this with the form really for her made a difference in terms of her enjoyment of it. I think so. It seemed like, I mean, up until that point, she was doing the energetics, but, uh, but her form work, you remember, it was like, yeah. it was yeah. like, it was like, she was, she didn't my how to use it. She didn't want to do it. Yeah. Yeah. She just had this sort of energy about her of like, why am I doing this? And it was the whole time, <laughs> even though she was, even though she was doing the stuff, it was like, that was how her form looked until she hit this point in it. And then she really kind of got into the 
cagier sort of movement of it. And then everything else she did came alive after that. And I, and I think there's something to that, um, at least for her, that seemed to, to really like flip the switch of like, oh, wow, there's, there's some cool stuff I could do. Yep. And it's all still like Tai Chi, um, which, you know. That, I, like, I like that idea too, that it, that it helped it become alive. Because if your Tai Chi's not alive, then it's dead. <laughs> right. Don't do dead Tai Chi. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, all right. Was there anything else on the internal weight shifting and, or move, internal movement skills there from that internal external movement that you, you guys wanted to weigh in on at all? Or? The, I guess yeah. the last thing I would say about that part is um, if you're doing this, if you're following along with the program, don't try to skip to the internal movement on this section too quickly like really enjoy the physical movement of it and really get into that rhythm and that flow of it and really feel it like extra, extra. I tell my, my students like go beast mode on this one, like really exaggerate it. Um, because not only is it getting you a lot of great benefit in terms of like physicality and like extra leg strength and whatever else, but it really does help later when it becomes a much more internal skill and when you're really applying it much more internally if you haven't had the feeling of the external movement of it, your internal ability to use it is going to be towards weak, um, at least to start. And so uh, it's better at this point in the training to really go over the top. The other thing I wanted to mention quick, Sifu, I was going to, I was going to earlier in the underwater method. Um, one thing, one thing I tell my students is I tell them about Luji Fa and um, you know, you, uh, your experience with him, um, when he came to the school and he told you, uh, but basically in a nutshell, like at the end of that meeting, he told you like work on the underwater method more than anything oh, yeah. else. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I thought that was interesting because you obviously already master level and he a master and, you know, some, somewhat more senior to you, but, but telling you like, yeah, for you at your level, what you need to work on like the most or what you should put the most time into is underwater method. Yeah, and the yet part that it, was, was, you know what this is underwater, but start putting time into that, like extra time every day that it was. A yeah. And what, and I find that so interesting because it is in the beginning of our program and it literally is one of those, like, like what people consider master level training practices um and that that is like actually something that one master recommended to another master to to put real serious time into like that um but it's at the very beginning of our program and you know we teach that openly and early and often um and so you know let that be also encouragement to you out there who are who are running through this stuff put put time into that put real time into that and all of these skills yep yep Hold on, then I'm making a note here. E and if you are prepared to put real time into that, you can do so at clearmartialarts.com. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and tell, give the rest of your public service. Uh, oh, that's, that's it. Go to clearmartialarts.com. Everything we're talking about is there. Um, you know, it, it taught in detail. Uh, you know, how to do it, the exact specifics of the, what you're supposed to be doing, how your mind is engaged in it, how you're supposed to be moving all of that step by step by step all the way through. Um, and it's all available at clearmartialarts.com. Cool. Thank you. Thank you. The, uh, so last one we're going to talk about today is uh, building internal and external balance Tai Chi exercises. 
And it really is a real benefit of Tai Chi, and it's an important benefit um, when we're talking about like the in, like the balance stuff that a lot of people are being recommended do Tai Chi um, in order to make it so that you've got better strength and stability and balance because a lot of the elderly where they get really harmed and hurt that really takes them down is because of falls. And anything you can do that would make it so that you're not falling or stumbling because of bad balance or because you don't have the strength and stability um, <clears throat> is good. And so with like the, the internal weight shifting and movement skills, that's helping build that strength and all the musculature and the support muscles and the, uh, and the um, stabilizer muscles, what they're called, um, or how they're referred to. But then also getting that actual balance. And what happens is that, uh, I'll make a long story short here, most people are not aware that you can really, at any point in time, completely sense your internal balance in a major, noticeably over-the-top kind of way. And so in the, in the, and then a lot of people sell Tai Chi is, oh, you'll have better balance. But then literally they're talking about, well, because you're, you were on one leg and you stepped over here with your leg and you set it down and then you shift over and you pick up that leg. So basically if you did slow motion walking and made sure that you kept your, balance, your, your legs underneath you, and you're, but you are walking, that that builds balance. And if you, somebody's balance is off bad enough where they're having trouble, you know, where they can barely stand and barely reasonably walk and that kind of thing, okay. But really there are a lot of specific exercises in Tai Chi to help get to this very higher level internal, both building the balance itself and then the ability to sense that balance and to actually feel it. And so, um, We've got some exercises in there that are designed specifically to help you to do that and to be able to do it so well that most people can feel their balance going crazy within a few seconds of starting the exercise. And then, um, and then you start to learn how to work with that, feel that, get a true understanding of it, um, have, be able to exert physical and mental control over that. And then the other, the other thing that comes with it is that you can then begin to feel by at first by putting hands on and then not needing to do that so much uh, where you put your hands on the other person you can really feel their balance including the ability to put your hand on them um, no more firmly than you're helping somebody walk across the street so kind of soft and supportive but you can really feel where their balance at and where it's not and can completely take control of it and they can't understand how you're doing it because they can't feel their own balance basically stand on one leg long enough uh, with, with the other leg up in the air and shift a little bit and you'll start feeling these shifts inside and there's ways to really feel it and interact with it much better. And then get good enough at it that for what I'm talking about so that you learn how to stabilize it, control it, manipulate it. And then there's other internal aspects that you're able to do because you're doing that. Um, anyways, and so it gives you a lot of benefit in terms of building that team skill internally at a much higher level. Um, and then you're going to use that kind of team that you're building from that and that understanding of your internal balance and the internal balance of others to do a lot of the more advanced skills. So the exercise in the beginning, very simple, but I don't know that I've seen anybody else teaching Tai Chi where they're doing a good job 
of really getting that across. They'll talk about it. We help build your balance, but then go, okay, show me those balance exercises. Do your Tai Chi form. And that's not going to be nearly enough for what really is there to be had. And so we do the specific exercises for it. Um, and then we build on that in higher level programs. Matt, I can hear your brain ticking there. I, well, I mean, I, this is my single favorite thing to show people. Um, you know that uh, this, uh, uh, it's great. It's one of the, it's one of the greatest ways to illustrate some very simple concept. What, like what, what I tend to, to consider to be very simple concepts about like internal energy and mental presence and connection to your body and these kinds of things. And when people first experience this, it's like mind blowing, um, like that they that they uh, have that they don't have the, anywhere near the real like sense of balance that they kind of thought they had, and it, and it illustrates that very clearly, very directly, and almost everybody gets it, no matter what quite specific reaction their body has to it. Uh, it has a reaction, and so um, you know it's very powerful in that way. And it's, it's also a great way to illustrate the point that there's a lot more to Tai Chi than just the form. And there should be, um, you know, you should be supplementing your Tai Chi with other directed specific practices um, and, you know, other ways of engaging your mind and body and your Tai Chi form is a vehicle to help you practice those things. Um, certainly, but, and, you know, for your instructor to eyeball you and say, Oh, okay, I see what you need now. But um, but more often than not, you should really be working on specific things. And if you want to improve your balance, you should have specific ways to do that, that are not just, you know, do the form. Um, and so it's, you know, it's a great way to illustrate all of that all at kind of at the same time. Yep. One of the things that training does is it helps you to see that what most the, the vast majority of humankind does is that we stand on two stilts and that we're constantly balancing between those two stilts. And when, and because we've been running around, walking and running around and doing things since we were little to, you know, one-year-old, two-year-old kind of age, you lose that sense because it just becomes an automatic in the background. And so when you're talking about anybody who's like even 12, 13, 14 or older, that sense internally, that, that sensitivity to that, that feeling of that is basically gone and it can be plugged back into really easily, but if you want the benefits and the skills, you have to, you actually have to do that. Yeah. In terms of really getting it at that profound level of what Tai Chi has to offer. Anyways, um, anything else, anybody that you had in personal experiences with that or and since you're teaching somebody you've taught something or anything that you've noticed about that or benefits you got from it, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, we did reverse a woman's vertigo um, using that technique where she came talk, in. Talk about that for a minute. Well, the, we had a, a woman come into the school who her primary concern was that she had terrible vertigo and she wasn't sure she was going to be able to do the classes. Like we had to rewrite part of our contract to include specific language that like if the if her vertigo was just too much and she couldn't do it that and like she had like a doctor said so or whatever that, you know, um, that that we would. Uh, w that we would like null and void the contract from that point on. And I mean, within the first two months, uh, she like, I can't remember specifically when, but it was definitely within the first two months of working with her. She came in and told me that her doctor 
uh, like she went to like her vertigo specialist or whatever that was working with her on that. And he said, whatever you've been doing since I last saw you keep doing it because we, we like, we, I don't, I don't know. I don't even know how to help you anymore from here. Like you're, you're doing more for yourself now than I can do for you, but keep it up. And mostly what the vertigo doctor is doing is drugs or they, or were they doing, trying to do some kind of exercises? No, she, there were, there were specific exercises and she described them to me. And what was funny is that um, they're basically like a watered down version of, uh, of monkey retreats. Like okay. it, it was like a, a, sim, a much simpler, much, much simpler. Like if you, if you had to pick a Tai Chi move that you said was doing the things that this was doing, yeah. monkey retreats would be it, but it was, it looked nothing like monkey retreats, but, but it was a much the principles of the movement that were because she was learning how to feel what was going on with the balance. She wasn't actually able to adjust it. And so she was just struggling to do it the whole time and it wasn't helping her to actually improve the situation. Yeah. I get yep. That. yep. And then this piece synced everything up for her, like lickety split and like no more vertigo. And it just not, not an issue. She said she used to go on walks and she used to have to have someone walk with her between her and the side of the road because sometimes she would just kind of get dizzy and veer off the side and she needed someone to stop her. Um, and she doesn't need that anymore. Um, she still walks with other people, but, uh, a student or has this been a while ago? Yeah, it's been a little while since we've seen her in the school. Um, but, uh, but I mean, we, you know, we, we stay in touch. Okay, cool. Yeah. Anybody else? Jen? Just to add a little bit, uh, and it's, it's sort of branching off on the topic. One of the, uh, you know, one of the first seminars I believe I had done with you, I, I'm that type A personality, I guess. I'm always uh, looking, <laughs> listening to conversations and, and watching the door or watching my back or looking in mirrors and, and, and I had difficulty in the area of the balance and you had uh, pointed out that a lot of it is cerebral and when practicing the balance, you, you really have to shut off a little bit of the mind and, and just, uh, you know, not, uh, not have too much going on and how that affects, you know, your balance. And it's, it's funny because, you know, even in teaching now, if I see somebody having a hard time with their balance, I ask them, well, what's going through your head right now? And a lot of times it'll be, oh, you know, my grandson's sick, I gotta get home, or my kid's this, or, you know, I'm thinking about something else. And, and that whole concept of the yin and yang and everything being interconnected, where, you know, if you're able to, to relax the mind, it helps even with your balance and the way everything travels through the body. So I, uh, I appreciated that advice back then. And still a little bit anal retentive, but... Uh, <laughs> It, trying to relax more and it has helped the balance issues. Cool. Ty, did you find this one was helpful to you or Ty does work with, um, with veterans and he can word this so much better than I, so apologize for anything I'm saying incorrectly here and PTSD and all of that. And some of that has to do with spatial awareness issues and how they respond to that. And this one, this internal balance thing, I can see it playing a factor in that. And so, Ty. Yes, I, actually, as Jim was speaking, I was wondering if he had PTSD. Um, 
a lot of the things that he was uh, mentioning are things that I find in veterans or have a problem with myself. And it is a matter of um, he's very accurate and uh, gave a very good description of what needs to be done as far as being present and, and being aware of, you know, where you are and what you're doing instead of um, being aware of where the door is or where the mirror is or um, who's looking at you or those sort of things. Uh, you know, I have to agree completely with what he had to say. Cool. Have you worked with anybody where you did the balance stuff and found that it that that it um, the balance exercises the balance the where you're working on that either as an exercise or in the form, and you found it particularly helpful for somebody, or that it had a that they had response in some kind of a way, or that you felt yourself that it made some kind of a positive um, effect, a noticeable effect. Actually, a better way to put that. It's had a very noticeable effect on myself and um, two students. I won't mention them and yeah. specifically because they both have um, PTSD um, and that it's almost a check of where you're at. If you uh, can balance yourself physically, then everything else is probably um, comes into more balance. When you can't balance yourself physically, then it means other things in your life are out of balance. And so it becomes this sort of um, gauge of where you are at mentally, spiritually, not just physically. Cool. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Well said. That's why I was trying to piece together. Thank you, Ty. <laughs> no, you said it well. I'm just kind of um, adding a little bit to it. Anybody else want to weigh in on this one? Okay. Um, well, that's all we've got for today. And we will, we will uh, um, you know, try to finish up this little series we've been doing next time. Um, remember, if there's skills that you're hearing about on here and you're interested in that, go to www.martialarts.com clearmartialarts.com um, and then it's, it's all there where you can get it in several different ways depending on what's going to work best for you and um, like that. Alright. Um, any final words about anything guys? Lady? Alright. Well thank you. More next Thanks, time. Everybody. You guys have thank a great day. If there's anything that we need to talk about at all, stay on after the call here and we'll get into that. So um, thank you for listening. More next time. Thank you, Sifu, everyone. Thanks, Sifu. Take care, everyone. You will. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Great summer. See you. And now, a word from our sponsor. For those of you who are interested in internal power and want a reliable place to start, and for anyone who wants to experience internal power for themselves, go to internalpowerguide.com. I built a crash course in hands-on internal power. The Practical Guide to Internal Power is a work-at-your-own-pace online program. It is the course I use to get students from zero to 60 as quickly as possible, and it is totally free. 
So sign up at internalpowerguide.com now and get started right away. That's internalpowerguide.com.